Why do you think Dubai is such a big market and an untapped market and why people should be investing in Dubai? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, we can start with... Welcome to Winning Mindset Podcast. My name is Wale Adesamoya, your host, and I'm here today to talk to Tyron Ash. I'm a five-time bodybuilding world champion. I've traveled the world and trained with some of the best bodybuilders and athletes in the world. I've also competed in a TV show called Last Man Standing, where we lived with some of the toughest tribes in the planet. I think I know two, a thing or two about winning. Tyrone, what is your backstory? Please introduce yourself to the audience listening. Thanks, Wale. Um, yes, so... Um, where do I start? I own a, an international real estate company, Tyron Ash International. Took me a long time to come up with the name. And um, we specialize in selling luxury property and dealing with millionaires and billionaires investment portfolios in the UAE as well. Um, I have um, dealt and had hundreds of people work within the business and train luxury real estate agents into basically performing at an extremely high level to sell property. Um, had a pretty interesting backstory with um, a very patchy past and built myself from pretty much nothing to a multi-million pound business. And here I am. Interesting. I just want to touch on that patchy past before mm. we go any further, because I think it's interesting for you to touch on that. Um, it's not like no rags to riches story, but I think for me, I think it's important that you touch on that for the audience listening that may be in a similar situation to you right now in their life with a bit of a patchy past and they think their life's over. So I think it'd be nice for you to elaborate a little bit on that patchy past that you mentioned before mm. we go into some of our questions. Yeah, I think um, for anyone that kind of follows me, it's no secret. I um, I spent um, a two-year holiday in Her Majesty's finest establishment. Um, the reason being was, um, you know, I got caught in the wrong in the wrong crowds. I was looking for shortcuts um, and quite frankly, I approached it all from trying to make quick money. Um, I was never a bad person. I was never an uneducated person. I spoke like this back then. Um, and I was just somebody who didn't want to revel in hard work and didn't want to do the right things to make money. Um, got frustrated with some of my career paths. I was in a state agency for years, sick of making £2,000 a month when I'm working three weekends out of four. Um and the guy who owned the estate agency had an Aston Martin. It just pissed me off. Um, there was a lot of things that drove me to it. It wasn't It wasn't like I woke up and wanted to do that. It was mm. just that I got pissed off. I went through an extremely rebellious stage. I had a lot of animosity built mm. up in front of me, inside of me. And that effectively made me make some really stupid decisions. Um, did it for a number of years. And it caught up with me. Um, but I learned some of my best life lessons in that process because the first thing is there's no shortcuts. And the second thing is you cannot, cannot take your freedom lightly. That's very, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that story with mm. the audience. And that leads me to my first question is that 
what are the things that makes you so hungry? Because I know you personally. Mm. So mm. I know you like, when I speak to you personally, you know, what are the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Maybe we can even call them habits mm. um, that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that makes you Tyron Ash, this real estate tycoon that when you look at you and know, like I met you in a gym in London. So when, when I met you, mm. I didn't know who you were. Mm -hmm. Didn't know your backstory. I just very courteous, hello and, mm. and goodbye. You know, we had, a, we chatted briefly, um, you know, but tell me what makes you so hungry to be Tyron Ash to try and leave a legacy that's bigger than you? Explain to me, because that's, that's massive. Fear drives me every single day. Um, I am very, very afraid of ever slipping back into old habits that drove me down a path that could have ended up in a lot worse a scenario than it did. It could have ended up in death. It could have ended up in a longer prison sentence. It could have ended up in anything. Fear drives me every single day because if you don't have fear, then you've, you're not doing anything that's worth doing. Mm. I mean, there is fear in everything. And the fear of going back to that scares me so much in the morning that I get up early mm. and I attack the day like there is a hungry bloodthirsty wolf chasing me and I have to make sure that by lunchtime I've hit something that I need to have hit and by the end of the day I've made progress forward from further forward the night before that I went to bed and that um makes me that makes me act in ways that I must achieve. It's not about wanting to achieve. It's not mm. about wanting to do something. Everyone wants to make money. Everyone wants to be successful. Everybody. There's a reason people buy lottery tickets on a Saturday. <laughs> it's because they want to be a millionaire. Yeah. Are they willing to do what it takes to be a millionaire? No, they'll, they'll settle with spending a pound of their £1,800 a month salary on the chance that they can become a millionaire. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, I... It, it's not the winning the lottery that attracts me. It's mm. the process that I'm obsessed with. I love the struggle. I love having to find the solution to the next problem. I love having to achieve. I love being responsible for myself, for people around me. I love the fact that the goal is greater than what I want. And that means that if your goal is bigger than what you have to do, if it means you're looking after your mum, you're looking after your dad, you want your partner or girlfriend to have everything that they want, all of these things are bigger than you. Suddenly, you know, earning £10,000 a month isn't enough. It's good to, for you to live like that, but how are you going to support everybody else? So that drives me every day. So this leads me on to my next question because one of my favourite books I've read is uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a great book, and uh, if there's anyone listening to this podcast that's never read that book, I'll definitely advise you to read it. So what are your daily habits that that really helps you to drive you towards those goals that you like you mentioned in regards to, you know, I, I know you look after your mum extremely well. She lives mm. in Chelsea Harbour. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> I know you look after her really well. I know you sort out your brother. You know, he works for your company, Reese Ash, as well. So, you know, they're the two things that I'm aware of. But what are your sort of like three daily habits? If you were to give three daily habits that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that makes you successful, what are they? The first thing is my health and fitness. So I closely align health and fitness with being successful. Mm. So if you have the discipline to get up on a cold morning, okay, I'm in Dubai, it's not so cold anymore, mm. but 
cold morning or a morning that's early, get in, thrash out your cardio, thrash out your weights, eat clean, do the things that are going to make you better so you can perform at a higher frequency, a higher vibration. That takes discipline. That's the first thing I do. The second thing is I organize my day to the minute. Mm. I have my hair cut in there. I have the time I've got a meeting. I have the time that I've got a face-to-face meeting. I've got the times I've got my Zoom calls. I've got my client meetings. I've got catch-ups with the teams. It's all in there, minute by minute. I have my day sent to me first thing in the morning by both my PAs. And then the third thing is, which is the ultimate habit, is you've got to work fucking hard. Mm. The, the thing that people... We're in a life and... Uh, we're in a life of automation. We're mm. in a life where everybody thinks there's a shortcut now. Everybody thinks that if you download this app, you can do this faster. If you do this, you can get it quicker. And yeah, while that uh, you know evidently is true, it's not going to make you make more money if you don't put in the hard work. So for me, I'm always working on how we can automate the business. We are a very digitally driven business. Everything is at the touch of a button. Meetings mm. are done via video calls and Zooms. Um, updates are done through groups and WhatsApp groups and all these different things. The CRM system is all linked to one central place. So everything is automated. But none of it matters unless you work hard. Mm. And that is the thing that I will never, ever compromise. I don't care how much technology is involved. I'm a workhorse. Mm. I love that. I really love that. First thing first is I, I, put a, I put a post up on my Instagram today and I touched on it. And, uh, you know, we're both wearing beautiful watches. You know, we have a love for, you know, flash things as we can call them. <laughs> you know, you've got a beautiful watch in your wrist Thank there. You. I've got one here. Um, but, you know, anybody can walk into Rolex and buy a watch. You know, I know you've had a Lambo in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, your brother drives around a Ferrari. Anybody can go into Lamborghini and go into Ferrari and buy a car. You know, depending on what model you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely in different <laughs> Depending on what brackets. relationship yeah. you have with the dealer and what model you want. But nobody can walk into a gym and buy a body. It's true. You know, yeah. you can't walk into a gym and say to a person, the trainer, I want to be like your next client, Mr. Tyron Ash. Can I pay you for that? Mm. There's no price you can pay for that other than dedication, you know, consistency and a refusal mm. to give up. Yeah. You know, and I always say that. So, and then I want to kind of move on to a little bit of what you've mentioned in regards to your daily habits as well, mm. Mm. in regards to your structure, because I think structure is so important. You know, mm-hmm. I always say failure is prepared to preparing to fail. You know, that's an old saying. Yeah. You know, a lot of people find it hard to structure. You have a PA, you have two PAs. Do they structure your day for you or do you have an input into structuring your own day? Yeah, so a lot of the, a lot of the structure that goes into my business and into my daily life is actually about what is dollar productive activity. So mm. I will get dozens of messages a day through email, through different social media platforms, through even potentially WhatsApp if people have my number. And they'll say, I want a meeting on this. Can I speak to Ty about this? Can we have a chat about that? And there are 75% of those things that the answer is going to be no. Mm. My time is extremely valuable. And if I don't see that there being a dollar productive um, activity involved with that and an outcome that is going to benefit the person who wants the meeting, um, myself, the business, the people involved in the business, then I won't have the meeting. So there is a prioritizing structure within that structure. Mm. The second thing is, is it's got to be organized in a way that I 
can do the things that I also want to and have to do. For example, I could have my meetings booked in from 7 a.m. I will not have a meeting in my diary until 11 a.m. And that's because the first two, three hours of the day are for fitness only. Everything else can wait. Now, I do work till midnight, 1 Mm a.m., but I need to get my eight hours sleep. I'm not one of these crazy guys who can run on four hours sleep, five hours sleep. I need eight to 10 hours and um, then I can perform in the gym. I can give it my 110% focus. It's blocked out in my diary as an appointment every morning. And then the appointments will go in and then I'll do the meetings and then I'll do all the structures and all the stuff that I need to do as a business. Yeah, that's amazing. Really, really good. And I think structure for me is important. Um, I always say if you structure your life, you know, everything else will fall into place. Absolutely. But success doesn't happen by accident. You know, you're a very successful man. You know, you, you got a, a, you live out in Dubai now. You know, I just asked you about, do you have a car? You said, not till I hit a million yeah. in revenue. And I thought that was quite interesting. You have such a winning mindset. And this is what this podcast is about. And I really want to touch on, you know, what's your definition of a winning mindset? I, I think I can define this really quickly. So um, if you can imagine, I was in Chelsea. So I'd achieved what I thought was everything to achieve. I'm driving around in a quarter million pound car. I've got, I'm I'm basically drinking champagne for breakfast and steak for dinner every single night. Mm. I'm partying in Mayfair, dropping two, three thousand pounds in a club three times a week. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want, when I want to do it, at what time I want to do it with whoever I want to do it with. That is for me, I think I even read that somewhere that that is like the definition of success. Mm. Well, I can tell you now that where you set that bar defines whether you're going to be happy or not, because I wasn't fucking happy. Mm. And... I was coming on holiday to Dubai four times a year. Mm. It was like, oh, should we book again? Should we go? Do you want to go on Monday? It was Mm. literally like that. It was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous way to live, right? So I'm coming here and suddenly I've got real estate getting rammed down my throat. I understand that I am losing my bite. I've, I've made a bit too much money too quickly. I'm losing my bite. I'm losing my fight. I'm getting fatter. I'm getting unhealthier. I'm becoming the fat rich guy in a Lamborghini. That isn't the person I want to be. That isn't who I am in my head. That isn't who I see in the mirror. That's the wrong guy. So when I talk about a winning mindset, I made the decision to then fly to Dubai and set up the Tyrone Ash International arm of the business. This meant a clean slate on bottom of the barrel. There are some big, big real estate companies here with some big, big names. This becomes the ultimate David versus Goliath task. Mm. So of course, I've got the platform. I've got the track record. I've got the structure. I know that I've got a pretty fucking strong slingshot and I think I can take him down, but that doesn't come with some serious work. Mm. So suddenly I'm on a one-way flight to Dubai going from one of the most well-known people in the UK for property. I'm getting stopped in the street for photographs. Everyone's seen the television show on Channel 4. It is where I thought I wanted to be and it is where I wanted to be, but it's not enough because I believe that I have the tools And the business has the tools to come from underneath and cause a lot of problems in a productive way for the Dubai real estate market. I've seen the holes in the industry. I've seen the holes in the structure. I've seen the holes in the conversions from agents and how much money they're making. There's a 95% failure rate of real estate agents in Dubai that are flying over here to sell property and then they end up flying home with absolutely fuck all in their pocket. (laughs) That is a massive, massive 
area for us to exploit. We have an 80 to 90% conversion of real estate agents that join the business that actually bill. That's in the UK and Dubai. So I take a lot of pride in that because my trainings, my structures, everything is far is second to none. Mm. So when you say what defines a winning mindset, I love putting myself in a situation where I now have to climb a mountain. And I believe once Dubai is conquered, I will give myself another mountain. Mm. It will be Dubai. Uh, sorry, it will be Saudi. Mm. It will be Europe. It will be America. By then, it might be the fucking moon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know. It could be. But but I will be there, right? Oh. And and that, for me, gives me far more, far more pleasure. So even when I, I moved to Dubai... I could tell you now, God's honest truth, I moved me and my girlfriend, and we were living in a you know a big apartment in Chelsea. Yeah. Everything was cushy. Bluebird every day for lunch. Yeah. Can't argue with it, you know? And then I thought, right, I moved us into the Royal Continental Suites on Marassi Drive. Yeah. It's not a shithole, but it's certainly not luxury. Yeah. And I said to um, my missus, we're living here until we've hit the first level of bank, which yeah. is could be 20 grand, could be 30 grand, doesn't matter. I need to... The minute I've just seen the process go from ideology stage mm. to physical money in the bank, mm. then we can move. So that was milestone one. Yeah. So she, lucky for, for me, my girlfriend is very forthcoming and understands and goes along with it and is very supportive. Um, if she was far more materialistic, then we'd probably have had an argument. So mm. um, that got done. We moved into a better one bed. So we yeah. went down the road into a more plush one bed. Mm. And then I said, right, now we've got to hit the first £250,000. Once we hit that, then I'll move us into a penthouse. Yeah. So I went to work. We hit the first £250,000. I moved us into a penthouse overlooking the Burj Khalifa. So what I'm saying is my mindset is not... I could have, I could have put us into a penthouse in day one, mm. but I need to feel the burn. Yeah. I needed to feel the sting. I needed to feel the pain. Mm. I needed to get up in the morning... My eyes open. I go, what the hell am I doing in this shithole? Get me out. Get me out. I'm out. I'm out. And that and that that's my that's what my brain is. So like I know you, you asked me, you, said, you know, have you bought a car yet? And I said, No, I haven't bought it because until I hit a million pounds of revenue, that's mm. pounds, not dirham. Yeah. When I hit a million pounds of revenue in the Dubai in the Dubai business alone, yeah. then I'll buy myself a Rolls Royce Dawn or something like that. Yeah. But that is my... I don't need a car. The only place I go to is the gym. Yeah. And then I'll work from anywhere that I need to. And there's plenty of lovely little cafes opposite where I live. I can walk over. So that's my winning mindset. My winning mindset is that I will not give myself things unless I've achieved them. I have to achieve it. Yeah. I, I like that because I think it's very similar to like um, uh, um, milestone and fitness. Mm. You know, it's mm. like, you know, when you when I get a new client that joins me and they say... You know, I want to drop, you know, 10% body fat. You know, um, I want to drop, you know, 10 kilos or 20 pounds in body weight. It's very difficult because it's like the analogy that I always use is if I give you a whole steak and say you got to eat that whole, it's going to be very difficult for you. But if I break that steak down and cut it into pieces, it's going to be very easier to digest. Mm -hmm. And you can consume that a lot easier. So I think the way you set yourself goals to here, not only does that, that motivates you because now you've got to, get to where you need to get because it's almost it's not a finish line but it's it, it, you know it's almost like a, t a, a a point that you get to where you get to the next level i think it's, it's like almost like you know you're getting elevated to the next level yeah i, th I think i think the funny thing is is i don't think there's ever going to be a finish line i think that what i become obsessed with is the struggle so i will always make it harder for myself mm. it's a little bit like you know 
a, a, let's use fitness as a, as a, as, a, as an analogy. Um, if you take a client mm. who is really overweight, unfit, unflexible, prone to injury, mm. the session that you're going to put that client through is going to be far, far different from, say, if you said, Ty, I'm taking you for a session. Yeah. I've been training two hours a day. I'm a bit of a machine. You're going to start doing a lot of drop sets. You're mm. going to start upping the intensity. The, the weight's going to go up, all these different things. So what I'm getting at is that, you know, for for every level, there's another devil. Yes. And that is what achievement is. Because funny enough, you do it to your body. You're in incredible shape. Mm. I guarantee you the sessions that you put yourself through when you were first starting in the gym are nothing like the sessions that you do now. So no. if we apply that to business, why would I play in exactly the same field as when I was starting to just get into the business mm. as now when I'm now a seasoned pro, I'm an expert in my field. I know how to train people to earn 250,000 pound plus a year. I can scale it out at an alarmingly quick rate. So why on earth would I be rewarding myself when I've not hit the next level? So I have to make sure that those milestones are hit. And I'm just, all I'm doing, mm. I'll tell you what I'm doing. All I'm doing is making it harder for myself. That's yeah. all it is. Cause I love fucking making it hard. I love, being pissed off. Mm. I know it sounds weird, but I love thinking, why have I not hit that? Why have we not done that? I'm not going to go make myself feel better by buying a Rolls Royce. I, ha I haven't earned the Rolls Royce. Yeah. You said a million pounds. Yeah. So get a million pounds. That's what I've got in my head. You said a million pounds to get a million pounds, not 500,000. And now go and buy it. You said a million. So get a million. That's what I said to my girlfriend. That's what I said to my friends. And that's what I've said to everybody else. It's a million pounds. Well, luckily we're going to hit that next month. So next couple of months, I'll see. I should have a Rolls Royce. That's amazing. I want to go. I just want to touch on your, on your, on your um, comment that you made in regards to there's no finishing line. And uh, we're in a great. We're in Dubai right now, and one of the quotes by Sheikh Mohammed was in the race for excellence. There's no finishing line. Yes. And that's one of my favourite quotes. Great. Because quote. what a great quote it is. Because we all want to trace excellence. We all want to trace perfection. Again, another one of my favorite quote is by Vince Lombard. It says, perfection is not obtainable, but if we trace perfection, we might catch excellence. Mm. And for me, I think me and you are a living proof of that physically mm. in what we do, because, you know, I think when I look at you, you always, you always strive, you apply what you've learned in business to your fitness. Absolutely. Now you do. Yes. Because that's, that's what I see in you. Mm. The everyday Tyrone that's killing it, in business, there's driving around. I saw you in your Lambo, you know, and you've come to Dubai now. You've applied what you've learned in business to your fitness, and that's why you're able to crush it. So who has been the biggest influence for you personally and in business? Because I think the person you are today, who has influenced you the most and has led you to the to the path that you're taking today? I think on the on a fitness aspect, um, Definitely my, my trainer out in Dubai, Kathy, has been immense. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's pushed me to limits um, and made me make responsible decisions. I was a casual drinker before. Yeah. I now don't drink. Mm -hmm. um, I take my diet extremely seriously. I'm accountable every day. And he's, you know, he's exceptional at what he does. And I think having, having an influence, I've always said, even in my own kind of... Um, 
you know, clips and podcasts is that you, everybody should have a coach. Everybody should have a coach, especially when it comes to health and fitness. I know mm. you're coaching my brother at the moment and yes. you're doing, and I've, I've just seen the shape he's getting in. I kept saying when I went back to the UK, I said, get Wally to coach you, get Wally to coach you, <laughs> because I know you're going to get him in immense shape. And then I saw his progress it go up and I was like, that is, Im-. I messaged him. I said, you look fantastic. That's good. He and, needs that. And it's brilliant. And like, so when you have that influence of an expert, then, um, you know, I'm, I wish I was an expert at everything, but I'm not. When it comes to business, the weird thing is, is that I wish I could tell you that I had a really strong business influence from one man in particular or yeah. one person in particular, but I haven't. I think that one thing I've done is I've had a relentless desire to improve in business. And so when I, when I, come up against a problem yeah then i have to find the solution and i always live by the the saying that behind your problems is your profit yes so when you become an expert problem solver then you will make a lot of money because the solution behind that problem is where your money is effectively so i just i did a lot of self diagnosis a lot of a lot of research i did with mm. different podcasts different audiobooks I attended a Tony Robbins seminar. I got my mindset correct. I made responsible decisions. All of these things collectively influenced my business approach. Mm. And I think that one thing that people don't do is they don't make themselves accountable enough. So it's very easy, weirdly, right? It it takes a big step Mm. to say, I want a business coach. I want a fitness coach. I want this. I want that. Right. That's good. That's a big step. And I, and I commend anyone that does that, but the buck still stops with you. Yeah. So you've still got to get up and do, you know, when, when, when I was looking, are you eating shit? Are you actually eating what you're supposed to be eating? Are you exercising 110%? Are you doing your cardio? When you're, the doors are closed mm. and no one's looking. Yeah. Are you making the extra phone calls? Are you setting up the extra meetings? Are you doing the more self-development than you need to? Yes. Have you made yourself better today than you were yesterday? And that accountability is what drives me. And I and I think for me, I've now become so resourceful that if I come up against any problem, I'll find the answer within my own ability or someone that I know. That's so, what you've just said there to me is so powerful. Self-accountability is so important. A lot of people want to blame others for their lack of ability to do something in life or, you know, it was my ex-girlfriend, it was my mother, it was my sister, it was my boss that didn't drive me. And that self-accountability, I think I love the way you just said that because it takes power away from everybody else. Yes. It just it takes power away from anybody to be able to say to you that, okay, well, it was our fault you didn't succeed. You you basically the basically there's no power given to anybody else by saying it is my responsibility because you know, you can pay a business coach £20,000 mm. a year, but if you're not implementing the things that you're learning and executing, there's no point. Go and spend that. it in the club. <laughs> it's better in the club. You'll have, you'll have more fun. You'll have more fun yeah. buying champagne yeah. with girls on your table yeah. and then you just go again Monday yeah. because it's a waste of fucking money. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's, it's like you've got to understand for me it's about if i spend one pound i want to know what the fuck's my return on that one pound yeah so if i'm spending x amount on a business coach x amount on a fitness coach i said to my my fitness coach i said i said to him i don't just want to get in shape yeah 
get the fucking fat off me, yes. Yeah. But now I want to become in the top 5% in this gym. Yeah. I want competitive bodybuilders to look at me and go, fucking hell, you're in incredible shape. Yeah. And that's what I want. Because I'm thinking, well, I'm going to do it. I'm paying you enough money. Yeah. So let's do this. We want to get serious. Let's get serious. Like, that's how I look at it. Do you know what? One thing I love, you know, I, I love quotes. So I'm going to shout mm. you with quotes. I always say eagles don't fly with pigeons. Yeah. Eagles yeah. do not fly with pigeons. And for me... Um, the people that I like to surround myself with is eagles, those that mm. can sort of great heights, meaning that if I want a client to come and board and work with me, yeah. I want you to be an eagle. I want mm. you to believe the ability that you can, you can actually achieve. The problem you have with a lot of people that come um, it, to, to for coaching or anything else in life is they don't particularly believe in themselves. Yeah. So they, they'll be willing to pay you the money but they'll, they'll, they'll question their ability to actually achieve the results that they, they, they visualize on achieving. That could be financial reward. It could be physical reward. It could be anything. So what I found is that limited self-belief, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be completely transparent. I didn't think I can take a, mil- a business to a quarter of a million pound a year. Amazing. I didn't yeah. think I could, but you know, we're almost there. Amazing. You know, it's, it's something that I didn't believe in. So it was that limited belief that was holding me back. Once I dropped that limited belief, I was flying because, you know, I've had a business coach in the past who said to me that, oh, you can only do so much. You can only charge so much. You should only charge this. You should only charge that. And then, you know, I changed business coaches and my whole perspective of the business changed. And it was like, this is what I'm worth. I mean, I remember having, I had lunch with you yesterday and you said you made a comment because things stick for me really well. I have a photographic memory. (laughs) I make a lot of comments. You know, you do, but you, (laughs) I said to you, you charge, you told me that you charge two and a half percent and you think that's still too little on a sale of a property. Yeah. And you said, if you add your way, you'll charge 5%. Yes. Or 10 <laughs> or 10. Yeah. I think I, think, I love that. I think I, I, I honestly genuinely, and you can quote me on this. I hope you can cut this bit is I think homeowners have a very, very easy ride. Yeah. You've got to understand that there is going to be a trained person. Unfortunately, a lot of them are shit, but we're not. Mm. So there is a trained person who is going through a huge marketing process, a huge negotiation process, a huge advertising process. They're going to go to hell and back with, solicitors not answering Mm. the phone not answering emails back and forth meeting the buyers answering queries all these different things and then some idiots out there and i do call you idiots if you're one of these idiots right who is selling and just to give anyone who doesn't understand estate agency fees right this is how shite a one percent agent is right imagine someone selling their largest or arguably one of their largest assets one million pounds just imagine if you saw a million pounds right in a suitcase it's a lot of money right it's a lot of money i'm not saying you own the house but you're doing a service to get it sold some people charge one percent one percent of a million pound is ten thousand pounds i've spent that on a night out mate it's ridiculous so like you're talking about a million pound asset that's being sold and you're charging £10,000. Now, if you're on a 50% commission split, that means you could potentially work for three to four months on a property and earn £5,000. I'm sorry, but you're better off him at McDonald's, mate, than doing that. That's the reality. For me, there is a proper process, a professional structure. There is an expert dealing with it. You should pay top money for it and you should thank them for doing that. For me, 2.5% is 150% above the average um, sole agency fee in the UK and that is our average fee across hundreds of properties that we sell in the UK I think it should be 5% but you know that's just my view I think that the service we provide is too long-winded it's too in-depth it's too skilled and I think that you should pay that and I think if you're paying £50,000 to someone 
mm. who is selling you a million, selling your million pound house. I think that's very reasonable. I love that. I mean, the confidence that you have in yourself as an individual is it's infectious. For me, I love people with confidence because, you know, if I come to you and you're saying, well, well, I think I can get your teeth right and I'm going to pay you £10,000 to put some veneers in my mouth. I'm going to think twice about coming to you. Mm. You've got to speak with a lot of conviction and make sure that you're going to convince me that you're the man for the job or the, or the girl for the job. So when you talk about, you know, the way you are and how confident you are, um, that confidence is effectuous and is very, very good. Um, what has been the most significant technique, tactics that you've employed has made you successful today? I think mastery is something that is overlooked a lot mm. of the time. If you want to talk about any reason that you should pay somebody top money for anything, mm. the one thing that they all have in common is they are within the top percentile of their industry. The best footballers in the world get paid the most money. The best doctors in the world or best surgeons in the world get paid the most money and so on and so on and so on. The one thing that they all have in common, even though they're all in different industries, is they de deliver a level of mastery that is far above their competitors. So when you are an expert in any field, that could be personal training, coaching, business, real estate, whatever it is, if you s expend the time in the self-development, the learning, the mastery, the execution, and you attach that all into delivering, and this is the big one, is a result. Because... Mm. Poor people get paid on their time. Rich people get paid on their results. Mm. So what do you get if you have a master at something who can't deliver a result? You have a college professor. Mm. You have someone who can stand in front of a class and they can deliver in incremental detail something on a subject that could teach someone to pass an exam. Mm. They know so much about that subject that they are teaching others to achieve through learning that subject. The one thing they don't have is the ability to convert that knowledge into delivering a result to solve a problem with a solution. Yeah. So when you talk about mastery, it has to be closely aligned with business, with entrepreneurship and everything in between. Because... People can't make the crossover. That's why most businesses fail. They have knowledge of an industry, but they don't have enough business acumen or closing ability. Or you could get a crash bang wallop salesperson mm. and they think they're the best salesperson in the world. The problem is they don't have enough mastery and knowledge in their industry, so they don't build enough credibility. So it's about building the two. And that is where my confidence comes from. Because I have said in front of a room of, of hundreds of agents that work within the business, Listen to what I'm teaching. Listen to the processes and the structures that I'm teaching. This will earn you a fuckload of money. And if you don't, then just leave. If you will revolt mm. and you will say, Tyron's a dickhead, leave. I don't want to work here. No problem. We'll turn over a million anyway because I'll do it my fucking self because I, I know that. how to do it. I love that. And talking about mastery, you know, whenever like I go back to what I know best and that's resolving someone who's unfit, somebody who wants to get fit, mm there's always a problem that you've got to identify first. You know, then you've got to look at the solution of that problem. And then you've got to deliver the results. And that's the same for real estate. You know, the problem is this person wants to sell their house, you know, and you're the master, you know, and you're going to help them sell their house. And the results is you're going to deliver the maximum value, value, yeah, yeah, yeah. valuation and payment for their property. Yeah. So I think, you know, what you touch on is very, very good. Mm. It's very interesting. I just want to touch on the Tyrone Ash estate agent or international, sorry, yeah. I say, yeah, estate yeah. agent. 
Um, what the, what what's different between Tyron Ash and you know some of the top agencies that we know um, that are also international? Like I use Foxtons for example. Yes, yes, Foxtons yes, yes. in the UK. Yes. You know they they you know they're almost on every every high street corner. Yes. Um, the guy that set it up sold a company. I mean, probably twenty years ago or so, a lot of um, for uh, four hundred million. I think he sold yes, it for yes, yes, yes. big numbers that he sold the company for. Um, I'm quite familiar with that brand, um, but um, what's the difference if you was to go with the top top real estate agencies in the UK because that's where I'm from, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Tyron Ash International? What separates you? From the rest yeah i think it's a very good question i think there's a couple of elements i could probably give you a two-hour presentation on it but we'll, cut, we'll stick <laughs> with the headlines i think the main thing is is that what you're talking about is the the most established estate agencies in mm. the uk mm. are estate agencies so the way that they're fundamentally built is that they are built where there is a timeline in the real estate structure so you've got effectively listing the property You've got selling the property. Yeah. You've got sales progressing the property as well through to exchange of contracts. So they're the three main areas. And then in between, you've got delegation, management, and admin all kind of thrown in there, right? Mm. But effectively, they're the three main pillars. The way an estate agency is is set up is that there is uh, low-wage positions, and they are developed for each part of that process. So on listing property, mm. you've got potentially um, a minimum wage call center that is calling the database and trying to book market appraisals for the people that are uh, employed as listing agents or valuers. So their job is to solely go to houses with appointments booked for them, for Mr. and Mrs. Smith who want to sell their four bedroom home and they've got 10 or 15 of those appointments a day and they get as many of those contracts signed and then that goes back to the office. They're on like, I don't know, anywhere between 25,000 and 35,000 pound a year max. Mm. Um, maybe some more, a bit more, I don't know. Then you've got the sales process. So when that property goes to market, you've got a listing process. Then you get that, that needs to be sold. So the sales negotiators that are the lowest earners in the business, they're the ones that are on 12 grand a year salary and they're on... X amount of commission and they've got to make 100 phone calls a day and book X amount of viewings. They've got to get it sold. Once it's sold, it goes to the sales progressor and they chase it through to exchange of contracts. The reason I've just explained that timeline for you is because, yes, a company like Foxton's or other estate agents don't need to single them out. That is how they're built up. What we are built up on is we've got a, a centralized structure through Tyron Ash International. So we are one international brand that is associated with luxury property. But you will have a dedicated expert that, first of all, is in a network of other agents that can all work to sell your home. So a lot of the self-employed models, they all work as singular one-man bands under an Mm. umbrella. They'll never do a deal together. They'll never help each other sell properties. We have many split deals done even through the UAE, through to the UK. We have agents, maybe one agent in Manchester picked up a listing in London, does a split deal with the guy in London, and they work together on the property. So there's lots of that going on, as well as the army of agents all incentivized to sell the property. The second thing is the person who's handling the property will manage the entire 360 degree process so you'll have one point of contact you will have that 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 person will be an expert they will help you market the property to the maximum level 
They'll make you get. They'll help you get the maximum level of traction through all the social media platforms. You will then get the maximum level of viewers through the door. You'll get the maximum level of offers, which they will handle on your behalf. They will negotiate the price to the highest possible level mm. to get you the best possible market price. And they will also chase the lawyers through to get it through to exchange of contracts. You're dealing with an expert that understands the entire process, not a 21-year-old who doesn't give a shit about your house and he's going to earn 200 quid if he sells it. Mm. And that's the difference with dealing with an expert. We also are dealing with the luxury end of the market. We're dealing with millionaires. We're dealing with billionaires. We're dealing with people. You're going to have an agent who is not driving a beaten up A class. You are going to be dealing with an agent that is successful, that is earning 15, 20, 25,000 pounds plus a month, and takes a lot of pride in what they're doing as a, as, a, as a professional. So when I say what is the difference, there's a multitude of differences. The main thing, though, as we said before, mm. is that it has to be associated with a result. All sounds very flashy, but our, our speciality is taking property that other agents can't sell on the high street, listing it, implementing it a serious proper strategy with a proper pricing strategy and a proper marketing strategy, getting that sold and getting it sold for the best possible price that the market can produce. So when somebody pays us 2.5% instead of 1%, that's because you've got an expert dealing with it who's going to get you potentially 10 15% more in the marketplace. I love that. I'm, I, I, I think, you know, the, what that just, for me, it's... It takes a lot of inform- it takes a lot of digestion to take everything that you said on board and fully understand what you're saying. But in layman's term, you know, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. <laughs> I should have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's a simple analogy for me because I love analogies. I just think you pay basically you get what you pay for in life. Yeah. You know, and I think when you, when when you look at the luxury side of real estate. You know, I look at it like luxury side of fashion. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't go into Louis Vuitton and say, I want to buy that bag. They say to you, it's £3,500. You don't say, it's all right if I pay £3,000 for it. <laughs> yeah, I, try, I tried it. They don't like <laughs> no, it. No, they don't like it. <laughs> you know, they don't do discount at Louis Vuitton. They don't do shells <laughs> either. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, also while we're on the um, on the topic of Tyrone Ash International, you know, um, whilst being out here in Dubai, you've managed to twist my arm into yes. buying a property in Dubai. Mm. Um why do you think Dubai is such a big market and an untapped market and why people should be investing in Dubai? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I mean, we can start with the nuts and bolts of where you have bought. So mm. I think you have bought in an excellent area. You have bought in an area where I know 110%, our agent advised you as well, um, there is going to be a massive uplift. There is a monorail that's going in, which is going to connect the area that you're buying the investment property in to downtown within 20 minutes. This is going to increase the commuter rate considerably. The area is already one of the highest rental and short let areas in, in the entire area of Dubai. So you're already buying into an established profitable area. And now larger developers such as Bingati, Danube, among others, are all building large projects there because of the infrastructure going in. For me, the art, and I use the word art, the art of investing and buying in Dubai is not looking at ground level return on investment, such as what's the rental yield today. Yeah, of course, Mm. you know, you want a half decent rental yield. But what you've got to look at is the infrastructure for the future. What is going to happen in the next two years, three years, five years where you're buying? Because when the demand is is higher than the supply, mm. that is what drives the price up. And mm. if there is something fundamentally driving people to that area, and it could be the commuter situation, it could be that there's a new mall being built, it could be that there's a casino going up, whatever mm. it might be, there's got to be some sort of USP that 
infrastructurally is going to drive people to either rent, buy, live, bring their families up there, whatever it might be, ahead of the surrounding areas that you're buying in. Mm. And that is what is key to making money in the Dubai market, which is why you must have an expert that advises you on this. I've heard... The, the problem is there's so many developments. There's a new development being released each week. Mm. There are more brokers here than there are probably staff in restaurants. It's nuts, right? So not only have you got to wade through the cesspool of brokers here to try and find someone who actually knows what they're talking about, mm. you've also got to wade through the crowded market of developments being released as to, oh, that looks good. It's got a swimming pool on the balcony. Yeah, but it's in the middle of the fucking desert. Oh, that looks great because it's got this. Yeah, but it's that. Oh, that looks good. What happens is it becomes a minefield. Mm. So what you need for me, and it's quite funny because us as a, as a brokerage, we, we did just under 30 sales last month. Oh, right? wow. And it's big numbers. And that's, by the way, that's, that's 24 staff. So that's over a deal per person in the industry, in, in our business. And, and that is because we are driving people to the areas that we know they're going to make money. We explain to people that we are in this with you. This yeah. is not a hit and run sale. It's not thanks, check signed, off we run into the distance. We want mm. this unit back off you after you've made a, a ton of money on it to put it back into the secondary market or you might want to rent it out, whatever you might want to do. One way or another, you've made loads of money and you're going back into the market with us and we're going to advise you on the next stages and what you should be doing. We want you building a portfolio of wealth. We want you becoming a millionaire through investing in property in Dubai. And you can then enjoy all of the benefits and we can high five you at the end of it and say, look, told you it was going to make money. Bang, bang, bang. And we all run off into the sunset. It's amazing. I think for me, obviously, you know, I have a lot of, uh, I'm part of a business mastermind. With, yes. You know, almost 250 online coaches. Nice. And I'm sure some of them will be watching um, this podcast or, or watching the clips from it on Instagram. Um, if any of them are watching and they're unsure about areas to invest in in mm. Dubai, what are the little gold mines that you can like mention and say that, you know, obviously you can mention on this and how they can come in contact with you. Yeah. Obviously we'll do all of that at the end. Of yes, the of course, of course. What are the little hidden gems yeah. within Dubai that you will say, these are my top five areas that I would invest in today if someone gave me some money to invest. Yeah, yeah. I think the each each area has got its it, its plus point for a different reason. Mm. The number one, which isn't necessarily in Dubai, is Ras Al Khaimah, which is just outside. Mm. Um, the reason that is is because of the well-publicized launch of the Wynn Casino Island. This is going to be bigger than Las Vegas, mm. and there is limited land because all of the plots are on an island. So um, for me, it's a simple supply and demand. And also another thing to look at is if you have a look at any monumental opening or launch that they've done in Dubai, mm. take the Royal Atlantis, take... The one and only the other day where they had J-Lo performing, you had Beyonce at the Royal Atlantis. They make a big deal out of a hotel opening. Mm. I can't even fathom what's going to happen when that casino opens. Um, so for me, as the hype builds up ahead of its launch on the 1st of the 1st, 2027, you are either going to be someone who holds property in Ras Al Khaimah or you're not. Yeah. And the people who do are going to be wealthy and the people who don't are going to miss the boat. And we have sold so many units in this area because of this reason. I'm telling friends, family, clients, people I meet in the street, anyone who meets me in the gym, have you bought in rack yet? 
Mm. Simple. Number two, I really like JVC. The reason I like JVC is it's not the world's best area now, but it's the place that a lot of people land in Dubai. They mm. rent in JVC. It's surely, it's still a decent area, but the future of JVC is super exciting. So we mentioned it earlier. They've got the monorail going in in 2027, I believe, latest. Mm. That's going to connect people who live in JVC with Business Bay in downtown within a 20-minute monorail ride. So what is that going to do for rental shortlet markets? It's going to make it explode. It's already one of the highest in Dubai. And the... Um, the, the 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 evidence of that mm. is you've got uh, developers like Danube, Bingatti, among other very large ones that are building some phenomenal residences. I know we looked at Avaline as well. Amazing stuff going in there. Beautiful residences. Amazing bang for your buck right now. But those prices are going to potentially double in the next couple of years. Business Bay, they're extending Business Bay further out the back. So now you've got exciting residences in Business Bay. You've got Bugatti. You've got Jacob & Co. You've got... Um, a number of very exciting, beautiful luxury residences going in and they're extending that further back. There is a lot of exciting residences with the new Damak ones going up. Um, I like Business Bay. Business Bay is, for me, the sexier version of the marina. That's yeah. what I look at it as. Mm. It's the sexier version of the marina and you've even got stuff like the Dorchester Collection. They're really beautiful developments going up there. And the prices just keep going up in Business Bay and you're never going to be short on someone who wants to rent your property in Business Bay. Never. It's Amazing. always going to rent out. Third, I think um, I like Maidan. Maidan is more of a family area. I think if you're going to buy a villa, um, then I think you should be looking at Maidan because you've got um, close proximity. You've got all the new mall going in. Yeah. You've got all of that stuff going that side of town. So the accessibility into downtown, into Business Bay, all of that stuff is literally right on your doorstep. Plus, they've got another mall going in. It's going to be even bigger than the current Dubai Mall. Also, you've so, got a racetrack there. And the racetrack. Yeah, mm. of course. Yeah, of course. You've got the existing attractions racetrack, as well. Racetrack, racetrack there. Absolutely. And then I think um, fourth, I really like the look of Expo City. I think mm. Expo City is really good. I think... The fact that it followed on from obviously the Dubai Expo, that's a big statement for Dubai. Mm. If you even get a chance to go and walk around there now, it's a beautiful, beautiful setup. The infrastructure, the design, it's super modern, super futuristic. I just love it. I think that personally that's going to do very, very well because it's so different. And then I think from an established perspective, because we're talking about all areas that have got future, future kind of growth, I think there's a few... Um, you know, when you talk about entry-level investments, I quite like areas out there like Arjan. Mm. I think that they are all, they're steadily growing. Even Sports City is doing steady, steady, steady growth. So from an entry-level investment point of view, they're good areas as well. But generally, they're the kind of five that I really like. My top three is definitely Rack, Business Bay, and I like JVC for investment at the moment. Fantastic. I think... For me, when it comes to Dubai uh, investment, uh, you know, I have to go with someone I trust and that's someone like yourself. And I think trust is very important to me when it comes to investing your money because, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, I mentioned it to you yesterday, I'm the most procrastinating <laughs> yeah. individual ever me. I don't procrastinate about anything else in my life of fitness and nutrition and competitions, but when it comes to money, because 
when you come from nothing, mm. you're scared of losing it all. And you mentioned that at the beginning, your biggest fear is going back to where you were. See, my biggest fear is going broke or not having any money. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, that is one of my yeah. biggest fear in life. And whenever I have money, you know, I have my investment. I'd rather sit there and look at 100K in my bank account yeah. than have 100K I understand. sitting I understand. In, in, a, in a building that's not yet built in Dubai. It's crazy, so, isn't it? Which is crazy. And I'm just being completely transparent to the listeners that, yeah. you know, it's taken guts for me to do what I'm doing out here mm. in Dubai. Um, when people are investing in Dubai, what is the biggest advice you can give them? Because you're yeah. like a kingpin over here. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a brilliant question because the one thing is, is that one thing I respect is money. One thing I respect is when I'm advising you, um, I know you've worked long and hard for your money on some mm. level or, or another. You You've taken the time to help clients, to grow your business, to learn, to study, to execute, to master. All this stuff is attached with money. So who am I to come and say, oh, by the way, why don't you dump a few hundred thousand pounds here? Mm. You know, it, it, it's a big ask for someone unless you've got a legitimate and extremely well-versed reason why they should do it. Yeah. So when somebody is looking into investing in Dubai, you need an expert advising you. And, and, and funny enough, there are a lot of... Um, Cowboys. Wolves. Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, cowboys. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. I think that, um, you know, you've got to remember that the pressure's high for a lot of brokers. So yeah. they just want to deal. Yeah. I, I, I somehow, there's some, some of them have got like my numbers somehow in their phones and I just get these PDFs peppered through my WhatsApp. They don't yeah. know what they're fucking selling. Whereas I'll ring someone up and I'll say, hi, hi buddy, me again. I said, um, listen, just a quick one. Are you actually in the investment market? Are you open to anything? They go, well, what, what have you got? And then I'll say, well, look, I'm not going to tell you about a million different things, but if you invest in this area, I'm a pretty much 98.9% confident that you're going to make X amount of return in the next 12 months. At the very worst, it'll be 50, 60%. And the reason is X, Y, and Z. Here's the case studies to back it up. Here's the evidence that we've got. And here's the reasons why. Is this something you're open to because it's about to sell out next week? And they'll go, yeah, I'm in. And honestly, I've sold stuff on the treadmill in the gym. I swear to God, I have. I have. I have. Tyrone, honestly, I can talk to you all day. <laughs> but unfortunately, we have to cut this podcast yeah. short. Um, how do people get hold of you? You know, obviously, you know, I know you're big on social. Mm. So how do they get hold of you? What's your social platform yeah. and how do they get hold of your agency if they want to do business with you? Yeah, so we've got Tyron Ash International. At Tyron Ash International is the business one, so that will go through to the business. And obviously, you can approach any of our agents and senior agents there. If you want to approach me directly, it's Tyron Ash Official. Um, and yeah, I'm always open to having a chat with everybody. So just send me a message. If the Dubai market or the UK market, you've got a property to sell, or you're even interested in becoming a luxury real estate agent in the UK or the UAE, we are recruiting and interviewing at the moment. We have many success stories of people earning 50, 60, even one lady in the, the North is going to earn around 75,000 pounds this month. There is some serious money being earned and we teach you how to be effectively a top 1% million pound agent. If that's something you're interested in, just drop us a message. If you want to buy, sell or invest, get in touch also. That's good. Honestly, I can, this conversation can go on forever. <laughs> An interesting chat. You're very successful. I'm inspired by what you've achieved. Thank you, know, you and likewise. And it's, it's motivating to see people like yourself doing really well for themselves. You know, I always, I, I, I never envy success. I embrace success. And it's very important that, everyone that's listening to this podcast you want to embrace success and if i can plug my my brain into yours i would uh, <laughs> get some information out of yeah. you to 
you know, excel, excel, excel and propel my life. Um, but yeah, it's been a very, very pleasure. Interesting conversation and I have to say and- what, what you've, you know, I've always been a massive admirer in mm. what you do. I think, first of all, you're in incredible shape and you've helped others do the same thing. And I certainly um, think and advocate, you know, whatever you're doing, you're, I know what you're doing, but you're doing it exceptionally well. And I think there's a reason that, you know, a lot of, a lot of, there's a, let's face it, there's a lot of trainers, online coaches, people that are struggling to make money. Mm. That is common knowledge. And the fact that you're doing and embracing and breaking a quarter of a mil plus a year, mm. and you're going to smash through that in the next couple of years, that's testament to a very difficult industry. And that shows that you know what you're talking about. So hats off to you. Appreciate that. That's a, a big, big compliment coming from a guy like yourself <laughs> who's making what I make in a year and a month. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Making what I make in a year and a month. But guys, listen, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you like this podcast, I'll definitely say, please, please, please share it. Uh, if you'd like me to interview anyone specifically that you like, let me know. I'll get a hold of them. If it's from Ulysses, my friend Ulysses, Simeon Panda, those are well known within the fitness industry. If you'd like me to interview them, please let me know. Share the podcast. Make sure you share the love. God bless you. And let's all get swell like well. <laughs> love it. Thank you. <laughs>